Hey everybody, Halloween is next week and something wicked this way comes because Diabolical Doug and Candy Corn Connor are here on the Bethel School District Presents podcast. But I'll tell you what though, Connor, in the podcast studio today, the foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years. <laughs> Sorry about that, Doug. I had a lot of garlic at lunch. Well, you got to ward off the vampires somehow. I wanted to kick the show off this week by talking about our favorite Halloween costumes that we had as kids. I've done my research, which means I texted my mom earlier today and asked for a couple of photos back from the good old days in Pittsburgh. So I have quite a few to choose from, from 1976 to 1988. I need you to just pick a year, Connor. What costume should I talk about? I want to leave this one to chance, Doug. So I'm going to spin the wheel. And it looks like it has landed on 1980. That's a great year, actually, and a really good chance to give my mom some Cujos for all the hard work she did making our Halloween costumes as kids. Say Cujos. (laughs) It's possible. Anyway, 1980, I was Batman, and my little sister was Batgirl, and my mom handmade the costumes. So imagine Adam West-inspired capes and cowls and for our staff we're going to have that photo in staff news this week so you'll be able to see a young Doug barely five years old ready to take on the Riddler and any other issues that happen to happen in Gotham City slash Pittsburgh. I've actually seen the photo and boy that costume is something you'll want to see it too. All right Doug I've heard about your favorite Halloween costume you want to hear about mine? Not really. Too bad. The world needs to hear this. And while you were mucking around in the DC universe, I was dipping my toes into Marvel Town. My favorite costume is one that I actually don't even remember wearing, but I have seen the photos and the story of that fateful Halloween night has become lore in the Christofferson household. This is a story of two photographs. Let me paint you a word picture, dear listeners. In photo number one, a young boy of three, Dressed to the nines as Superman, stares daggers into the camera, surly as can be, desperate to get his pudgy fingers on some chocolate. Cut to several hours later, and photo number two. The same young man, still in costume, sitting on a toilet, openly weeping, face absolutely covered in chocolate. A pathetic display. I can tell you that night, Doug, evil lurked inside. One of those photos will be included in staff news. You'll have to click to find out which one. Wow, that was that was quite the story, Connor. I don't know how we're going to move forward after that. Uh, just a little FYI, Superman is in the DC Universe, not the Marvel Universe. But I'm going to let you go because you called it Marvel Town, and I think that's what they should change the name of the Marvel Universe to. Let's move on, and let's head out to Cougar Mountain Middle School. Connor, you had a chance to head out there and chat with a teacher and two students in their science club. They do all kinds of amazing things. So you talk to them about that, and you also ask them what their favorite Halloween costumes were. Let's head out there now. Joining us today is Cougar Mountain Middle School science teacher Kim Williams, along with two of her students, Marcella and Edith. They are all part of the Cougar Mountain Middle School Science Club. So Kim, for those listeners who maybe haven't heard of the Cougar Mountain Middle School Science Club, can you give us a little rundown on what you all do and why the club's so cool? So we are like an environmental-based club. We go out and we work in our local community with uh, the salmon population. We partner with the Nisqually Indian Tribe and the Nisqually River Education Project. And we actually go out and test the water quality in our local area. We do some salmon habitat restoration. And we work with our students to present our findings um, at a local and state level to see the quality of our rivers. 
And how long have you been at Cougar Mountain and how long have you been doing the Science Club? Uh, this is my 12th year at Cougar Mountain Middle School and we've been doing the Science Club for about nine years. What I, I was going back over some of our Facebook posts, which is how I know about the club because I see these amazing posts where you guys are out in the wild doing these amazing things. You've done water quality testing throughout the area. You've built a native plant pollinator garden on campus here. You're planting native trees along the Nisqually. You've sent student representatives to speak at the South Sound Green Congress at Evergreen State College. You've even learned about aerodynamics by doing indoor skydiving and my personal favorite is tossing those rotting salmon carcasses. What I think is so great about this is these are great educational experiences, but there's also a practical use. You're not just doing this for the fun of it. This data is being used by professional scientists to solve real world problems. Was that part of your original thought for the club that this wouldn't just be a strictly educational thing, but there would also be real world applications for what they're doing? Originally, the science club was just because we didn't have a lot of activities at Cougar Mountain. It just kind of was like experiments and random things that we did, but it wasn't super meaningful. I and mean, we just kind of fell into a grant with the Nisqually River Education Project. They fund everything for the students, so it's a completely free club and it just allows them to apply themselves to real world situations where they can go out and be real citizen scientists and actually experience science out in the real world and in their community. It's more beneficial for them because they are able to actually see how they can impact their local community instead of doing just work on worksheets in the classroom and experiments that don't really apply to their real life. So Marcella, of all those really cool projects I just listed off, I'm sure you've been part of a lot of those, what's been your favorite so far? Definitely planting the native garden. That was like a cool experience just to have it right out there and see it getting built. And then when I didn't get to see it finally finished, when I saw it finally finished, I was like, yep, this is how it was supposed to look. For those who don't know what a native garden is, can you explain a little bit what it is and what the process of getting it started was? So the first thing we had to do was pick out the native plants that we wanted to put in. So we would like search them up on different websites and finally we narrowed it down to which ones we wanted to put in. Oh, and you also made recommendations for what plants you thought would go well in the garden with other plants in there. So you couldn't like put like a plant that didn't cooperate well with this plant in the same planter box. That sounds super interesting. So Edith, how long have you been in the science club and what drew you originally to joining? So I joined in my seventh grade year at Cougar Mountain. And what drew me in was most of my friends were in the club. And so I thought it would be like a good experience to like have to have more time with my friends. But then I soon learned that it was more than just hanging out with people. You actually had to do hard work and it like prepared you for real life situations that would soon prepare you for real life. And do you think either of you have an interest in pursuing a career in the sciences or is this something that you're enjoying as a middle school student but you think you'll probably pursue something else? Let's start with you, Marcel. I've had ideas of other stuff to like go off of, but mostly I've come back to this and like other careers, so I'm kind of in the air about it. And Edith, what about you? Is this, could you see yourself being a professional capacity scientist? Honestly, not really, but I feel like it would be fun to be a science teacher. I've always thought about being a teacher because it's just kind of who I am. So I feel like that would be fun, but it's just, I'm kind of just living in the moment right now, just enjoying the time that I have. YOLO, as the kids say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you both got a chance to speak at the South Sound Green Congress at Evergreen State University in Olympia. What was that like? Was that nerve wracking? For her it was, for me yeah. it was just like, <laughs> almost like a, I don't remember what day it was, like, yeah. but it was just like a normal day to me because I 
go up in front of the whole school during assemblies and there was a ton more kids at assemblies than there was there so edith it was it was tougher for you yeah definitely i mean i've gone in front of the school before but i've never like been in front of that many people and my knees were shaking the whole time <laughs> even though we had a script it was still nerve-wracking because like i had the stuff i had to say but it was just like i couldn't make eye contact with the crowd and i couldn't move it was scary to me. So Kim, how was it that these two young women were given the opportunity to speak at the South Sound Green Congress? The Nisqually River Education Project actually reached out to us and asked if I had students that wanted to speak. They had just like had a really good experience with our students being out in the field and our students have been very respectful and super involved and passionate about what they do. And so of all the schools, all the way down to Olympia, Lacey, um, into Pierce County and Thurston County, we were chosen to actually emcee the entire South Sound Green Congress, which is a pretty amazing thing. The girls were amazing and they got up there with confidence and just represented us super well. Even as an outsider, I can see that this club is always out on field trips. That's a lot of extra work for you. What makes you want to keep doing this year after year? I keep doing this year after year because it gives our kids opportunities, like opportunities that they normally wouldn't have. We have students that haven't left the Spanaway Graham area and they're able to go experience uh, different places that they never would be able to go to normally. The other thing that I noticed on your Facebook where I thought was really fascinating and really cool was you guys studied aerodynamics and instead of doing that in some really boring dry way <laughs> with textbooks, no, you went indoor skydiving. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about that experience, Marcella? When we went there, it was like really nice, but when we actually got in the tube, they had certain like guidelines of stuff you could do and stuff you couldn't do. And it was actually like pretty easy. You would think it would be hard, but it, would, it was pretty easy. You just had to do certain things and they'd tell you what you were doing wrong and you'd just fix them. And Edith, uh, nerves, skydiving or yeah. speaking in front of people? The nerves of skydiving, it's, it was terrifying to me. I thought I was gonna fall through the net below us. I have a slight fear of heights, so it's like, I don't know what's gonna happen because like you're in this giant tube and you don't know if you're gonna fly up and fall into a wall or something. But it was it was a good experience. I wouldn't do it again, but it was good for the time that we did it. Check it off the bucket list. Yeah, now you don't have to definitely. do it anymore. Edith, what about you? What, what's what been your favorite project that you've worked on? Well, there were definitely a lot. I enjoyed all of the projects that we did, but probably my favorite was probably doing the water quality testing. It was just, it was so different. It was such a different experience. And the fact that you got to see the chemical change in the water you were using, it was just so fascinating. Very cool. This show is gonna be our Halloween episode. And so this week we're talking favorite Halloween costumes that you've ever worn. So I'm gonna go around the horn here. And uh, <laughs> Kim, you're not off the hook because I know you probably wore some cool ones in your day. So what was your favorite Halloween costume of all time? Uh, well, my mom continually put me in a vampire outfit for probably about five years. So I'm traumatized from that. But um, my favorite costume was a full-size, terrifying 1980s style Easter bunny outfit with grayed out eyes that I wore many times throughout my life just to scare people on purpose. Wow, that sounds like the stuff of nightmares. Oh, yeah. uh, Marcel, what about you? you? I'm sure you haven't had as many as, as us, but what's your favorite all-time Halloween costume that you ever worn? Um, my favorite has to be when I was really little, I was really obsessed with the Wizard of Oz. So I would always wear every year Dorothy with like a little basket that had Toto in it. And it, I would just walk around and trick or cheat with that little basket. That's awesome. What about you, Edith? So my mom used to make my costumes homemade. And so probably my favorite was when I was like five, she made me like a scarecrow outfit. So I had like a dress that was made out of like the tulle fabric that's like kind of meshy and it was all glittery. And then I had like a fake nose 
and then a straw hat, and that was super fun, and my brother and I were matching. And so you, you had almost half the cast of Wizard of Oz there, too. So <laughs> that, that's you needed the Tin Man, and you would have been all set. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. It's been great to hear about this awesome club, and good luck the rest of the year. I love hearing from the students out there. It sounds like they're doing some amazing stuff. Thank you to everyone listening to our spooktacular Halloween episode. Doug... Let me stop you there real quick, because we have had some complaints about your punning. Really? Yeah, unfortunately, we actually got a review on Apple Podcasts from none other than Cold-Blooded Lord, who, in a scathing takedown of our podcast entitled Too Many Puns, said, and I quote, Y'all should stop the puns and actually talk about things kids like. Kill it with fire. Also, why so boring? Talk with emotion. Y'all need some decency. Ouch, y'all, that's some vitriol, but we're going to move right through it because I got some positive feedback just the other day. This is in regards to our show about postgraduate success. Quote, I continued the podcast in the car on my way to work with my ninth grader. It was perfect because we listened to all the things. Join the clubs, join the groups, try the classes, find out what you don't like now while you can. It was so perfectly timed. He's only ninth, but very academic focused and college conversations most definitely have been going on for a while. And he was listening to this unintentional TED talk, end quote. So take that cold-blooded Lord. And by the way, that's not the only good review we got on the very same Apple podcast website. We got another review from cat, 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 cat two, who had this to say, middest, mid, that ever mitted. Destroy it. Connor, that sounds like another bad review. No, no, no. You just don't know the way kids talk. That's actually a really good review. And that's why I'm glad you're on the show to point these things out to me. If you want to leave us a review, apparently you can do it on Apple Podcasts. I'm sure other places too. You can also email us at communications at BethelSD.org. Connor, it's been a blast today. Happy Halloween. I'll see you next week. You better believe it. <laughs> there we go. Okay.